Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeo, joined by NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts, and we are continuing on with our positional rankings. Today is going to be the tight ends, a class that really doesn't feature an elite top talent. Certainly no Kyle Pitts in this group, but it has been considered to be a very, very deep class. Ryan, how are we doing today? Good, man. Good. I am um, excited to talk about tight ends. Like you said, I think that there is I think that people kind of have a little bit of misnomer with the class right now mm. because, you know, people are tweeting out and Jim Nagy, of course, you know, is you know, oh, it's a it's a really deep class, which I don't disagree because they with. They were all at the senior bowl. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I mean, there is definitely some context to that. But like, I do think that it is a deep class in terms of there's going to be a lot of role players in the NFL. But I think that this class is a little overhyped because I don't see a lot of starters long term in, into the NFL. But so an exciting class. I think there's a lot of hidden gems, honestly. I mean, we're going to talk about sleepers at one point. And mm. I mean, I had a few guys that I could have written down. So it's a very in- interesting class. And I think I think NFL teams are going to be very in- intrigued to potentially get, you know, especially if you're a team running a lot of 12 personnel or use multiple tight ends. I, I think that there's a lot of possibilities with this group. Yeah, I feel like the word deep is is used a little loosely from time to time and I, I that's certainly not wrong about this class that there are a lot of guys that can contribute and make rosters and stuff but I, I think for tight ends like that word deep doesn't really apply here because it's not like there's going to be like a George Kittle necessarily but like as you mentioned there are some quality role players that are good at very specific things that are in this group. Well, I think that you need to be specific on what the depth is, right? Like this depth for this for this class, in my opinion, is I think there's a decent amount of depth in terms of developmental guys. Like maybe they could turn into quality players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of depth in this class when you're talking about the secondary component of, of an offense, right? Like good blockers, good receivers, maybe not the number one tight end, quote unquote, on a roster, but guys that will definitely play in the NFL. But I don't think there's a lot of depth when we're talking about starters. 
I see maybe two to three guys that I would be comfortable with starting early on in their careers. And then I see a lot of departmentalized types of players. So I think you just need to be specific about what depth is because depth can mean a lot of different things. Right. And we're going to go over some of that depth, some of these players that you should keep an eye on for this tight end group. Before we get to that, though, folks, I just want to tell you about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online. There's obviously no football going on right now. The NFL draft is coming up if you want to bet on it. But the premier event that we have going on right now is March Madness. So if you're looking for something to bet on and you're looking for a place to go bet, make sure you head to Bet Online. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan, as we did on the Running Mac show, let's start with a sleeper. And this is a guy that the first one that you picked is, is not somebody coming from a small school, but is coming from a situation where they, they were overlooked and overshadowed by a bigger presence. And I, of course, am talking about Chase Allen from Iowa State, that man who overshadowed him, Charlie Kohler, who's the lesser athlete of the two. But Chase Allen, from the conversations I've had with you, is a fantastic athlete. Joe, do you want my hot take now or later about Chase Allen? This is, you always give us tons of hot takes. Let's get, let's, let's okay. get it right now. Here's the, here's, here's the hot take, man. I would not be shocked if Chase Allen is a better pro than Charlie Kohler. Is that a hot take? I don't it's think that's too. Take, I don't right? think it's too hot. Hot, hot, hot uh, take. Wait, I, I got a. I, I got a really. I got a really stupid question. Let me just cut you off. You know that clip of the Iowa State tight end getting absolutely planted. You know the one I'm talking about, where he like he waddles yeah. in motion. Is that Charlie Kohler? Yeah. No, no, that was um 89 Dylan Stone Storner or okay. whatever his name was that came out last year. Yeah, it's a good question though. He is funny man because he got planted. <laughs> But he was actually a really good blocker in last year's class, so that was just kind of funny that they the one clip that went viral was him of getting planted in on his back. Right. But yeah, um, but Chase Allen, I, I say that I think that he can potentially be the better of the Iowa State tight ends long term because I think that just athletically he's a little bit of a higher tier, and they're both similar size. Colder's a little thicker, but Chase Allen six six plus, he's two hundred fifty one pounds. Was not able to test fully at the combine, but I mean, I took him as my sleeper to be like the relative athletic score highest score for for tight ends that we're going to participate because I think he is a really nice athlete. And kind of going back to his high school career, he was a really good track athlete. Now it was a more of a thrower aspect, but 180 foot plus javelin throw, which shows a lot of flexibility and a lot of explosion <laughs> to say the least, right? And he's I, mean, I think he had like 34 and a half inch vert or 33 and a half inch. So he's just, he's got some hops. He's got some uh, explosiveness to him. I think he's going to run a relatively good 40. I think he's going to test just good across the board when he tests at, tests at Iowa State. So looking forward to seeing what he does there. And he's, he was a guy that was used because uh, they ran, I mean, they run two tight end sets. They run three tight end sets, sets in the past. They really are that type of team. So, I mean, Chase Allen still had some production. It was just Charlie Kohler was kind of just the name there, and he was going to get the main volume of, of receptions. But I think that 
Chase Allen still has a little more upside than Kohler. Like Kohler is what he is. I think he's going to play in the NFL. He's going to be solid, a departmentalized type of player because he's got size, he's got length, he's going to be good in the red zone. But you can tell me that Chase Allen's best football is is well ahead of him because I think athletically, again, he's just a little bit of a more explosive, flexible type of athlete compared to Kohler. So when we're talking about sleepers, I mean, nobody's going to talk about Chase because he was behind uh, All-American tight end and Charlie Kohler. But I wouldn't be shocked if Chase Allen goes late, maybe sixth, seventh round, maybe UDFA, makes the roster. And I think that he could develop into a – I don't know, maybe not starter, but I think that he can produce at the next level because I think there's untapped potential and there's size components too where not, I mean, solid blocker, not a great blocker, but I think that there's a developmental potential there too because he has a big frame as well. So I like Chase Allen. I think he's a late round sleeper or UDFA that I think could make a football team and I think could surprise some people. So let me ask you this though. Why do you think Chase Allen was not getting as as much a usage at Iowa State do you think it was just purely because of Kohler well I mean mostly I mean he so I mean the context is that Chase Allen played a lot of football and I think his last year he had 20 something receptions so he had some production right but it's just a simple fact that Charlie Kohler has been a known commodity for three years for Iowa State and he's had the trust of Brock Purdy and had the trust of, of Matt Campbell and his staff so I think it's just like one of those situations we see it all the time where Sometimes coaches get kind of lost in what they know, right? It's the it's the known versus the unknown. So when they have a proven commodity like a Charlie Kohler, maybe they don't spread the wealth as much as they should. But I think that there is just more athletic upside. And I think there's athletic potential to a guy like Chase Allen. So, I mean, I think that he quantifies the term sleeper because, I mean, he's just been kind of lost amongst the shuffle, even though he has been a valuable player for Iowa State, just not the name that Charlie Kohler is right now. So when I put together the notes and I put out the the category of most overhyped for the tight end group, I knew exactly who you were going to put. And I even asked if you were going to include this guy in your top five, and you did, but you still were not a very big fan of him based on the words that you used to describe him. So your most overhyped is is Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M. And at one point, at the beginning of the cycle, before the season even started, Everyone was saying this guy was clearing away the first tight end of the group, possible first round pick. Seems like he's kind of fallen from grace a little bit. He's still in that conversation at the top. But you, I have known since the beginning, are not a fan of, of Jalen Weidermeyer. Yeah, I mean, I watched his 2020 film back in the summer and I was like, I was fine with it. You know, like I wasn't excited about it, though, because I'm like, all right, he has a big frame. He wins above the rim. He's got good hands developmental potential as a blocker, even though he's not a good blocker right now. But then honestly, Joe, 2021 was a disaster for Jalen Weidermeyer, man, because I mean, let's, let's put it like this, right? He's not the best athlete of all time. I think, I think as a player that could stretch the seam, I think he's fine. I don't think he's overly explosive though. I don't think he's flexible. He's going to win just off of his big frame out of breaks. Like he's not a guy that's going to create a ton of separation. And when you're that type of player, you need to be a consistent catcher of the football. And this year, there were a lot of drops on his film. So the way that he wins, it's going to be tough for him to translate if he doesn't remedy the drop issues that he had on film in 2021. And then for, and then the biggest part outside of the receiving profile, because I think it's troubling, is at 6'5", 255, 260, whatever he is, he's a bad blocker, which doesn't make mm. any sense. Because you're just like looking at him, you're like, that guy's a blocker. Like he's going to be. And 
I don't think that he understands how to attack leverage very well. I think there's a power deficiency, but also I think the biggest thing is I don't think he has great effort there. Like I don't think he's a dog mm-hmm. in the run game. It's just a little difficult, man. So the the what was supposed to be the big selling point to him was his is his um, production as a pass receiver. But if you're a guy that's just going to win above the rim and you don't consistently catch the football, I have no use for you. I don't think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's a great blocker. I still see some some mock drafts sometimes where he's going top 50, and I'm just like, man, I don't see that. Like, this kid's a day three player to me, like fourth, fifth round, somewhere in that ballpark. Like, I am just missing it with Jalen Watermeyer. Not a terrible player, but, like, a troubling player, to say the least. See, I feel like our, our listeners are going to think that that's the hot take of the show, not the Charlie Kohler take. You think so? I don't know, man. Uh, because everyone, you know, those that don't watch the tape, just look at the numbers. And, you know, it's the reason why people listen to a show like this, is because they want to get that inside opinion and, and thought on a player like this. And everyone's just going to recognize that name of Jalen Weirdemeyer and think that this yeah. is a top three tight end. But you've actually done your due diligence. So I think that there's probably going to be somebody who comments on the video and says that they disagree. Well, I mean, and it's fair, right? Like, I think it's a fair assessment, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, Jalen's a young kid, so like he could be a lot better in, you know, in theory. So this isn't like a, this isn't like a end all be all to Jalen Watermeyer to say like he is a finished product. He's maxed out. Like he could be a better, there's no doubt. But I even think like the games where you try to highlight him as like this big time player, like Alabama last year, I think he had a touchdown, right? But if you watch the context of the game, I mean, it's just like a simple crossing route. And then Alabama just like doesn't pick him up in zone coverage. And it's just like a blown coverage. And that led to the touchdown. Like it wasn't anything that Jalen Weidermeyer did that was exceptional, even in that football game. So I just think there was context to it. And I mean, judging where he's dra- he's being pegged right now, man, like I don't get it at all. Because it, again, at the top of this class, it's not great. So maybe somebody's going to take a, take a gamble on a guy like Weidermeyer because you buy yourself into it but like i don't know man like i just think that there's not enough of a baseline for me a, a floor with a wider mire to be comfortable with and i i honestly also question what the ceiling is because people act like this kid mm-hmm. is like this great athlete and he's you know, all this i'm just like i mean he, i think he's a very average athlete who has a big frame and not a good blocker i mean like what are we doing here so i'm just missing with wider man just missing it I, I hope for the best of development but I think it's going to be tough for him to secure a consistent amount of playing time early on in his career. All right, let's get into these rankings now, Ryan. Uh, at number five, you have James Mitchell from Virginia Tech. So start us off. Why did you pick James Mitchell to be in your top five? Well, honestly, if James never got hurt, he'd probably be a little higher than this. He would he would probably be over Weidermeyer, but he had an injury that mi- he missed the majority of the season for Virginia Tech, and he is a great young man to start out with. He's been an ambassador for that football team. I think they call him the governor, <laughs> if I heard that correctly. Um, it's like his nickname on the team, so he's just been like that well-spoken, good teammate. But I really am excited about the traits that he has. He's kind of that movement-based tight end. A little similarly to Brevin Jordan, who came out of Miami, right? Like he's a guy that's going to play a little more of H-back wing, maybe in the slot at times. But he's a really nice athlete, pretty flexible, has good straight line speed, 
Everything's there to be kind of a seam buster yak guy. He can do things after the catch. So I really like the athletic profile. He's not the biggest kid in the world. He's only about 6'2 and some change, 250 pounds. But he's pretty you know, solidly built together. And he actually has a lot of effort in the run game. Now, there's going to be some deficiencies there because he's just not the longest guy of all time. So he's not going to be able to maintain leverage consistently. But he has efforts. And as that H-back type of player, I think that he blocks well enough where he can play in line to a degree at times as well. So I like James, man. I think he's a good athlete. I think there's a movement aspect to him. I think that he would have been maybe late day two type of player if he did not get hurt. But I think a team is going to get a gamble on day three for a player that I think has a role at the next level. It's just about, you know, obviously staying healthy after the the lost season this year for Virginia Tech. So you've already given us your spiel on Jalen Weidermeyer, but you have him as your fourth tight end. Uh, the guy out of Texas A&M. So separate from the deficiencies that you've highlighted, why does he fit there at four for you in this class? Because I, I do think there's upside with him. He's a young guy, like I said. I, he does have a great frame. He probably is the best frame in this class. He is long and, I mean, just a good frame. Like, he could put on a substantial amount of weight, too, even though he's like 255. Like, he could play 265, 270 even, I think, with, with the frame that he has. And going back to 2020 – there were a lot of instances where you saw the ability to win at the catch point and you saw strong hands. I'm not sure what happened in 2021. Maybe it was an admiration. Maybe it was just pressing a little bit too hard. But I do think that there's still tools to work with, and I think that there's tools in the run game if he had the want to to do it. So I think that there's more upside just from a frame physicality perspective. It's just about putting it together with Weidermeyer. And he just he, unfortunately, he hasn't put it together yet, but I do think that there is – Hope for the future. It's just about falling into the right situation, I think, for Jalen Weidemeyer. Moving on up to number three is a guy that I personally really like, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Now, Likely didn't do any really any athletic testing at the at the combine, so we didn't get to see him flex those muscles. But we see the guy on tape make all these really, really nice plays. He's got that 90-something yard touchdown that he had during the season. So this is a big play threat, and you put him at three. He was also on the show at one point, so if you want to check out that interview, make sure you go back through the archives. But for you, Isaiah Likely, number three, let's hear it. Yeah, no, he's – so similarly to how I just highlighted James Mitchell, I feel I feel pretty pretty on the same wavelength with Isaiah Likely. He's definitely a movement-based guy. He's not a true inline tight end, but he's got a little more size than James Mitchell, at least height and length. He's around six foot four, 245 pounds, so – has a good frame to work off of. He's a pretty densely built kid too, especially in, in the lower half. So I think that there's some power profile and he has a lot of want in the run game and there's flashes of really good stuff as a blocker. But again, some deficiencies in that area because he just doesn't have the frame to maintain leverage all the time. And there's just some, just the size limitations with him, but he is a really nice straight line athlete. He, I mean, <laughs> in Coastal's offense, man, like they're running, this option offense where they're just sneaking him down the scene and he's out running linebackers out running safeties. He's got nice straight line speed. I think flexibility is, is good. It's sufficient. He can get it out of breaks. I think there's variety to him as a route runner potentially. And I think that he has very solid hands and just a very solid baseline as a pass receiving weapon on next level. I, I think of him a little bit, Joe, honestly, to a, um, uh, what's his name that played with the giants Ingram first name uh, is escaping. Evan Ingram. He's a, he's like a better version of Evan Ingram, but not. I mean, like he's oh, not. Don't as, put that on on. He's Isaiah not as likely. He's not as fast uh, as Evan. 
he's not as fast as Evan, but he's a better version of Evan Ingram, man. Like that's kind of the usage that you're going to see with with him. So and he's a receiver he's, playing tight end. Is what you're I saying. mean, I mean, kind of, but I mean, that's but Isaiah, d- but Isaiah does have good effort in the run game, right? Mm-hmm. Like he does, and I think that he's sufficient enough where he could play some in line and he could play in the H position. I'm just more comparing the fact that like. Ingram is a right. seam runner, right? Like he's right. an athletic dude that could play in the slot, could play all, could play off the line of scrimmage, can do things from the wing and H back and all that type of stuff. Now I see similar usage for a guy like Isaiah Likely. Just fortunately for him, at least in college anyway, he catches the ball a lot more consistent than than Ingram has. Evan Ingram has during his career. Former New York Giant great Evan Ingram. I saw you got a contract somewhere. Stop but. it. Don't call him. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. This is an anti Evan Ingram podcast. <laughs> a- any sure any Giants fan should be in agreement with me on that. I'm I'm gonna just not allow you to make that comment. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I, I I like Isaiah for a similar role, and I think that he is a good baseline. He catches the football consistently, has effort as a blocker. So I think that I almost said Evan Ingram. I think that I'd say it likely is going to play a lot of football on the next level. I don't know if he'll ever be the number one tight end, but I think he could mm-hmm. be. But either way, I think he's going to play a lot of football on the next level. See, so you bringing up Evan Ingram is polluting your your thoughts. So no no longer will we ever, when talking by, about tight ends on this draft show, talk about Evan Ingram. We'll, we'll talk about Daniel Jones on quarterback day, though, so we're all good. Are we actually going to? Is that going to get brought no, up? <laughs> Why would I ever do that? <laughs> well, it's a bad quarterback class. So there's plenty of bad quarterbacks to compare it to. <laughs> wait, wait, would, Daniel, would Daniel Jones be quarterback one in this class, Joe? I'm at, you should be able to answer that question better than I am. <laughs> it's probably yes, yeah, so and that's pretty sad. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's very depressing. It's very depressing. I heard I was watching uh, ESPN this morning, and they were doing that bit with, with Jordan Love if he would be number one in this class. And I feel like that he would be, it's not even close. Yep. All right. Back to tight ends. Number two for you is somebody who I feel like doesn't get a ton of love in this cycle. His name's just not brought up a lot. I feel like he's not exactly a sexy name, but still a really good tight end. Uh, Kate Otten from Washington uh, is your number two guy. Why do you have him slotted there? And again, I feel like he's a little bit higher than the, the, the consensus pick for, for where he's slated. Well, the consensus is wrong, Joe. He's a really good player, man. <laughs> Best blocking tight end in this class, bar none. Fantastic, fantastic blocker. And he was supposed to be at the Senior Bowl, but he was dealing with an injury that cost him the major- the tail end of the Washington season. He also dealt with COVID. I think that knocked him out of two games for Washington this year, too. And Washington's offense is awful, and they didn't know how to use him correctly because as a junior coming into the season – I think they only played in like four games, but he looked really, really good. And then the usage was just weird and not great. It was a bad football team this year, and it really hurt Kate Otten's production. But he is a 6'5", 245, 250-pound tight end who has mitts, dude. Like, he just does not drop the football. Very smooth. I wouldn't call him overly explosive, but he can get in and out of breaks just fine. He wins above the rim, and he's got some yak ability too. He's a tough dude to corral after the catch, and he's the best blocker in this class. I think that this kid is a starter at the next level. I think he's going to be a good football player for a while, like kind of like a a Dalton Schultz type of player, right? Like nothing flashy, but just like a good – I mean, Dalton Schultz quietly had 800 yards on like 70-something catches. Yeah. That's that's what I anticipate with a guy like K-Dot. He's just going to be a sneaky good football player in all areas and be a dominant blocker. So he's going to play a ton at the next level. Where do you you see him getting drafted – in, in terms of round 
I would have said if he was healthy and would go through the process, probably second round, but I think that he's probably somewhere late day two. So like third round somewhere, but I think someone's going to get a tremendous value. Cause I, I, I mean, obviously I think he's the second best side out of the class. So I'm sure part of the not stigma, but maybe the reason why he's not as, as talked up is because of how terrible Washington was this year. But we remember folks, we don't scout the helmet. We scout the player. Well, it's part, it's part of it. And then also, like I said, he missed the senior bowl with the injury, wasn't able to perform at the combine. So he's just, he's missed the draft process to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I, I would just implore people to go back to the film on him and then you know understand a little bit that the usage isn't going to be the highest because their passing attack was awful at Washington, but there are flashes. Everything man, was just awful like, at Washington. Yeah. Oh, it, it was bad. It was well, the corner, corner, cornerbacks secondary was pretty good, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, you're, you're absolutely correct. But I, I think that K Dotton, the traits I think are better than what the production was. And I think that getting into a right situation, he, it's going to do a lot for boosting that production as well. All right, last guy for you, Ryan, Trey McBride from Colorado State. He is seemingly the consensus first overall tight end uh, in this class. Really not a lot of variations, I feel like, for that number one spot. But Trey McBride kind of brought up as that early day two-ish tight end to be selected. What are your thoughts on, on McBride? I'm doing an early victory lap on this one. Joe, because I remember I went I went on a Shocker. podcast. Shut up, dude. Shut up. <laughs> I, went on a, I, I went on a podcast with Devin Jackson, who uh-huh. is a part of risingdraft.com and I in the summer. And I remember I said I thought Trey McBride was better than Jalen Widermeyer. Like similar football players, but Trey's just better at everything, right? And I feel pretty good about that take right now because Trey is good frame, not a great frame. Six foot three and some change, 250 pounds, but he is a densely built dude who clearly spends a lot of time in the weight room because there is a lot of power there. I think that Otten's the best blocker in the class, but I think that Trey is probably second best. Like he gets after in the run game. He's got some incredible highlights, especially working in space as a blocker. Everything's great in the run game. Passing game, the most consistent player in this class. I mean, he had over a thousand yards this year on like 90 something catches, right? Like he was the Nuts. John Mackey award winner. He was fantastic. And he reminds me a lot of if people remember Brent Selleck that used to play with the Philadelphia Eagles, who was a very underrated football player. Cause I mean, Brent Selleck had, I think like two or three years where he had like 70 plus catches near a thousand yards. Like he was a really good football player. Nothing flashy from a, from an athleticism perspective from, from Trey McBride. I would call him incredibly fluid player. Gets in and out of breaks easy, solid speed. Everything's good. I don't know if I would call him the most like flexible, explosive type of type of player, but he understands how to attack leverage, gets in and out of breaks, and Joe, easily, I'm going to say easily on this one, the best hands in this draft. Nothing hits the ground, man. Nothing. When he's up in the air, when he, I mean, wait, honestly, you're saying out of the tight ends or just in general? Anyone, anyone, wow. wide receivers, tight ends, any skill position. It doesn't matter, dude. This guy, I mean, he hasn't, he just doesn't drop the football and he wins through traffic, through contact. Everything is just so good as a baseline, as a receiver. And he's a really good blocker as well. Best all around tight end in this class. And I think that he's going to be a, he's going to be a, a, a I don't want to say perennial pro bowler, but he, I think he's going to get near that top, right? Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a star, but he's going to be a Austin Hooper type where he's just going to be like 800 yards on his peak and he's 900 yards, Brent Selleck type. Like, that's just what he is. And I just think that the, I mean, just all around profile, I think is just so good, man. And he just, 
you're going to be able to depend on Trey McBride to be a really good player just because he just doesn't do the things that you need him to do, the baseline stuff. Like he's going to block and he's going to catch the football. He's going to play through contact. Those things are an absolutes with him. And I think it's being understood what the athlete he is. I don't think he's a great athlete, but I think he's a better athlete than some people are giving credit for as well. Well, there you have it, folks. Ryan's top five tight ends for the 2022 NFL Draft Class. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed wherever you're tuning in, YouTube or audio, so you don't miss out on the rest of our rankings. We are just getting started with rolling through these, so make sure you don't miss out on any of them. You can also follow us on Twitter at NFL Prospects Pod, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and then also to riseanddraft.com. Uh, for a lot of fantastic analysis and a fantastic mock draft simulator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.